Uh, today is the first Sunday in this season of Epiphany Tide. This is the third liturgical season already in this new ch- church year. In a short time, we've already made our way through Advent, that season of waiting and watching for Christ to come. And then we had this short season of Christmas, right? Where for 12 days, we focused all of our attention on the event of the incarnation. God coming to earth in the Christ child. Joy to the Lord. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. And today we come to the season of Epiphany. If you're not familiar with Epiphany, the word itself means revealing or manifesting. Epiphany is the time when Christ was made known to the world, was revealed to the world. So this past week on the Feast of Epiphany that happened on Friday, which we so joyfully celebrated together uh, at Stout House, if you were with us, we remembered that Jesus was being revealed to the wise men from the East. And over the course of Epiphany Tide, we will dig into this question of who is this Jesus? What is revealed in his coming? And what does his coming mean for our world today? Or more simply put, why do we need Epiphany today? As always, on this first Sunday of Epiphany Tide, our attention turns to the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. Every year we come back to this, this same Sunday, the baptism of the Lord Sunday. In the context of the, today's Epiphany, today's revealing were the waters of the River Jordan. These waters were at the border of what we all often find ourselves in, between the wilderness of the desert on one side and the land of milk and honey on the other. On one side of this river, Jordan, was danger and chaos. On the other side was Israel, the land of Israel. The wilderness on the one side was this dark and lonely and desolate place. The wilderness, in many ways, represented for the people of Israel their bondage in Egypt. In short, the wilderness was that place that none of us want to go, where our deep fears and anxieties live. And it's no surprise that directly after Jesus' baptism here in in Matthew, the text tells us the very first place he goes is the wilderness. We'll come back to that story in Lent, actually. Every year we come back to that in Lent. But I just want to point out that Jesus' mission to the world, his revealing, takes him directly into that wilderness place. On the other side of this river, we have the promised land, right? The the land of milk and honey. The place where the abundance of God was made known to the people. The place where freedom was found. And this land, this people were called to be a light to the nations, which we read in our Isaiah text this morning. A place and a people of righteousness and blessing. And so today we find ourselves... In this in-between space, in the waters of the Jordan. As we come to the text this morning, I'm sure I'm not the only one here who finds myself firmly fixed in the River Jordan between wilderness and promised land, between darkness and light, between bondage and freedom, between despair and hope, and between desolation and belonging. If I had to ask you this morning, I'm sure you could come call to mind places of wilderness in your own life. I'm sure you could 
recall things that give you hope and joy in life. We are firmly fixed in this river in our lives today. Sometimes life can be like a Dickens novel, Charles Dickens, where he writes, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times altogether. Friends, the River Jordan represented so much to the people of Israel, and this is the place where Jesus reveals himself to us this morning. People were coming from all over the land in our text today to hear this wildly popular, slightly strange, uh, this prophet from the wilderness, John the Baptist. He was kind of like, you couldn't really pin him down. He's kind of hard to understand, and everyone was flocking to hear his word of repentance and baptism. And then we get Jesus entering into this picture, our very first account of Jesus as an adult, actually, in the Gospel of Matthew. And we get this fascinating exchange in chapter 3. Let me read it for you. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now. For it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And so John consented. And then let me just read the rest of it because it's so good. And when Jesus had had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. I love this story. Malcolm Geith, who's an Anglican poet, had this to say about this this scene in the River Jordan. He said, beginning here, we glimpse the three in one. The river runs, the clouds are torn apart. The Father speaks, the Spirit, and the Son. And they reveal to us the single loving heart that beats behind the being of all things and calls us and keeps us and kindles us to light. The dove descends, the Spirit soars and sings. You are my beloved. You are my delight. I share this, this short poem, this sonnet from Malcolm Geith, because honestly, I'm not sure how you capture this moment in the Gospel of Matthew in any other way than poetry. So much is going on here that's packed in these few verses. You've got this conversation between John and Jesus beforehand about who is worthy to be baptized You have this Trinitarian depiction of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the the dove descending and the voice from from the heavens declaring Jesus as beloved. All of that's packed in here. And all the imagery that we find in this, this baptism of Jesus account ultimately, I think, reveals even more fully what we celebrated just two short weeks ago. In the baptism of Jesus, we see a sort of doubling down on the incarnation, Jesus, fully God, fully empowered by the Spirit, comes to stand in solidarity with sinners. Jesus, standing in the waters of the Jordan, standing in the place of of one who is to be baptized, comes to stand with us. In our account in Matthew, we bear witness to John the Baptist here, who is trying to convince Jesus that he doesn't need to be baptized Jesus, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, not the other way around. Remember, this is the same John the Baptist who, upon seeing Jesus, proclaims in John's gospel, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins 
of the world. John knew who he was dealing with here. But Jesus insisted that this is the way. This is the way of the incarnation. The way by which God's power and glory, the same power and glory which are spoken of in our Isaiah text and our, and our psalm reading for this morning, these are revealed here in the waters of baptism. The same power and glory that will establish justice in the land in Isaiah 42. And that can break the cedars of Lebanon and shake the wilderness in Psalm 28. These are revealed in, in this Jesus. But this isn't power the way that our world understands power, friends. This isn't capitalist, capital insurrectionist power or Christian national power. It is a subversive power and glory that is on display in the incarnation. Let me just read a few verses from our Isaiah reading this morning to give you a picture of this power of Jesus. In verse 1 it says, Here is my Son, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I put my Spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. And then verse 2, it says this, He will not cry or lift up his voice, or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. And a dimly burning wick he will not quench. But he will faithfully bring forth justice. Jesus' response to John that he should be baptized reveals the incarnation to us. In what I like to call the Philippians 2 glory that Jesus displays here. God's power and glory are revealed as we see in Philippians 2. Which we just read last week from our readings last week. In this self-emptying journey to become the servant of all and to stand in solidarity with sinners who stand on the edge of the wilderness, even to the point of death, as Philippians 2 declares. This is what God's saving power and glory looks like. It looks like Jesus. God's saving power looks like Jesus, and Jesus entered the waters of a sinful world. Not by violence or lording power over other people, but in self-giving love for the sake of the world. Whereas this is why we celebrate Epiphany. So that we can remember again and again and again, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus who has been revealed to the world? Who is this Jesus who comes with power and glory? Yes, but who comes with power and glory that subverts and transforms how we understand power. Who is this Jesus who comes to stand with us in the waters of baptism? As we stand on the edge of the wilderness and the promised land, he guides us into the way of peace. This is the message that Paul has for us this morning, or that Peter has for us this morning in our reading from Acts who went around preaching peace by Jesus Christ. That's what it says in verse 36. So much is encapsulated in those four words. Preaching peace by Jesus Christ. God's peace, God's shalom was being brought to bear in this person of Jesus. So all that is true of Isaiah 42 and Psalm 29 and Acts 10 is found in the person of Jesus Christ. The one who stood in the waters, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and receiving the divine affirmation of God the Father that he is beloved. 
Whereas as we come to the waters of baptism this morning, as we navigate life standing between chaos and despair in the wilderness and hope and freedom in the promised land, we stand with Jesus in these waters. We receive the same gifts that he did on that day. We remember that nothing short of the Holy Spirit is present and at work here in the waters of baptism. We may not have uh, uh, this beautiful depiction of a dove coming down from the heavens. But we still proclaim that this is no simple washing with water. This baptismal rite is nothing less than the Spirit's work upon these waters. Just as the Spirit hovered over the waters of creation and was present to Jesus in the River Jordan, so the Spirit is present here today. We proclaim the mystery of baptism, that by these waters we are being transformed from death to life, from wilderness to promised land, as we are plunged into Christ's own death and resurrection. Romans 6 gives us the picture. It's beautiful. He says, we, we were therefore buried with Christ through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. In baptism, we receive just as Jesus did, the gift of the Spirit's power and transformation. And in baptism, we also receive, as Jesus did, the divine affirmation that we are beloved. This is my son, as Eugene Peterson translates it, chosen and marked By my love, in the waters of baptism, the incarnation of God is most fully revealed in this reality. That because Jesus stood in solidarity with us as sinners in the waters, we also get to stand with him in those same waters and receive this divine affirmation that we too are beloved by God. These are the gifts that Jaden gets to receive this morning as he stands in the waters of baptism, and anyone else who might want to join him in the waters. And these are the gifts of those who have stood in those same waters, you and I, those of us who've been baptized. We get to receive that same promise every single day as we navigate life between wilderness and promised land. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, and we have the divine affirmation of God's love every single day. This is what it means to remember our baptism, friends. That those of us whose lives have been marked by faith in Jesus and in baptism, we no longer live by the power and the glory that our world says is power and glory. Our lives are marked by the power and glory of Jesus in the River Jordan. We see this all over Jesus' life in the Gospels, right? His life was marked by the Spirit's power and that affirmation that he is God's own beloved And when we are called to remember our baptisms, we are called to remember once again that our lives are marked by this same power and this same affirmation. So as we come to the waters this morning, I wonder where you find yourself. Do you find yourself in the wilderness? Do you find yourself at the edge of the river looking into the promised land? Are you stuck? Are you without hope? Are you living in bondage or darkness or whatever it might be? Whatever the wilderness looks like in your life. Remember that as you face your life as you have it today, 
Jesus stands with you in the waters. Jesus is present and at work in your life even today. Pray the prayer of St. Patrick who prayed, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me. Jesus is with you today. That is what we believe and what we celebrate in the incarnation of God. Remember that as you face your life, as you have it today, that you have the Spirit's power to face anything that might come your way. You don't have to wield power the way the world does, amassing it or using it to lord over other people. You have all you need by the Spirit's power. And remember that as you face your life as you have it today, you are the beloved. Nothing else matters. We say often in our liturgy those famous words from John that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Friends, we are the beloved of God. And that's what we proclaim as we come to the waters of baptism. So whatever you are facing in your life today, whatever wildernesses you find yourself in, remember your baptism this morning. We believe that life doesn't have to be faced alone. That is like one of the many deep truths of the incarnation. Even Jesus, the incarnate one, didn't face life and ministry on his own. I imagine that in those difficult times, he remembered that day in the River Jordan when the Spirit descended and the Father proclaimed love over him. That, he was, that, that carried him in his ministry. And we can do the same in our own lives today. This is why I love Baptism Sundays. Because on Sundays like this, we are reminded that no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what we're going through, we know that we stand in the river with Jesus. And our lives are marked by his presence, by the Spirit's power, and the divine affirmation of the love of God over our lives. And we can carry this with us wherever we go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.